Welcome to the podcast. Pilates for PTs, from business to clinical. Hi, y'all. My name is Stephen Dunn. I co-own Core Therapy and Pilates in Austin, Texas, and I'm the founder of Pilates for PTs. I've been a physical therapist for over 20 years, and I've been teaching Pilates and Gyrotonic in my physical therapy practice for the last 15 years. In this podcast, I interview experts from all over the world so that you can learn more on how to grow your business or how to improve your clinical skills as a Pilates instructor in the physical therapy world. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. It's Stephen Dunn, and today I have a very special guest in from Maine, and it's Dr. Carol Davis. And Carol Davis and I met many years ago, and I believe it was around 2005 at a myofascial release course in Key West, Florida. And it was with John Barnes. And we were able to partner up and work on each other some in that course. And many years later, I bought her book. And maybe not many years later, but years later, I bought her book. And since then, she's been someone that I've always looked up to uh, in the physical therapy world. Um, she's someone that's always been a mover and a shaker. And I wanted to bring her on to the podcast today and kind of tell her story and and see what uh, – see who she can influence along the way. Cause she's been, again, a great influence in my career and my path. So with that said, Dr. Carol Davis, thank you for joining us. And how are you today? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Sita. Thanks for having me. Yes, you're very welcome. And again, it's a beautiful day here. I do have a little background noise. I apologize for that, but we're going to, we're going to deal with that as we go. You now, can hardly hear it on this end. Awesome. Awesome. Now, Carol, how did you become interested in physical therapy, and what was that path for you to become a physical therapist? Well, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I loved studying biology, and I knew I wanted to do something um, other than teaching. So I, I got a biology um, degree from undergraduate, and then um, a, a friend suggested I look into physical therapy, and um, they had just started the first master's program in uh, Cleveland at Case Western Reserve. And I interviewed, and lo and behold, I was accepted into a class of 10 in 1967 uh, into Geneva Johnson's Case Western Reserve group, the first group to get master's uh, degrees as entry level. And I graduated uh, in 69 and then started my career at, at the Mass General in Boston. And um, I really loved uh, teaching at the bedside. I really loved clinical education. And so I was recruited to come to Birmingham to help them start their clinical education program at the University of Alabama. And so I moved from Boston to Birmingham in 71 and developed the clinical education program and was involved with the section for education at that time, Margaret Moore, in doing that nationwide study on clinical education and the role of clinical educators. So the first few years of my career were spent um, uh, perfecting the skills that clinical instructors needed to have in order to be able to be effective in teaching students in the clinical setting, rather than just saying, watch me and do what I do. There's actually an education process that needs to go on. And so I, I established some of that and um, ended up um, being very actively involved with that and then got curious about what are the roots of compassion and why, how can we help students not and 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 clinicians not burn out um, and and be unkind to patients because we, none of us got into 
physical therapy to be to be rude or to be abrupt with patients or unkind. So I went back to Boston University, moved back up north, um, and got a degree at the School of Education at Boston University to um, to ask the question and answer the question: What are the roots of compassion, and how can we as teachers establish a rootedness in um, in empathy and compassion? I did a dissertation on empathy, um, um, a, a phenomenological description of empathy as it occurs within physical therapists for their patients. And I was always fascinated by the, the um, connection I had with my twin sister. It was nonverbal, and we bought the same code on the same day in two different cities. It was the ESP kind of thing. Nice. So I began thinking about this crossing over process and empathy and getting yourself back, that putting yourself in the place of the other person, which is really more than that. And I thought, gee, if you could have a camera uh, measuring energy exchange, in empathy, is that what happens? Is your energy somehow get mixed up with the person that you're empathizing with? And and then is that what's happening with my sister? Does our energy get mixed up? And Newtonian physics wasn't doing it for me. So then I started studying quantum physics and I was way in over my head there, but it still fascinated me. And little by little by little, I started thinking about this. And then in 1989, I discovered John Barnes at a course in Florida, and he talked about the missing link and about the energetic connection with patients and listening with your whole body to what's happening in the fascia. And that made a lot of sense to me. There it was. That's the piece. So in 70 um, or in 93, I took a leave of absence from my position. By then I was at the University of Miami to do some reading and writing about this. And it just so happens John was out in in Sedona, and that's where I went to write. And he uh, he asked me, I asked him, he told me about this new treatment center he was developing. And he asked me what I was going to do to move healthcare forward in the next century. I said, I wanted to write a book that I was a little afraid. And he said, what are you afraid of? And I said, well, I'm afraid my colleagues think this is pretty woo-woo and uh, that I would be ostracized. You know, I was on the, at the time I was on the editorial board of the journal and I was active in in state politics and and I, I needed to toe a very scientific line. Yeah. And uh, anyway, he said, well, if, if you are worried about what people think of you, you're going to be very unhappy for the rest of your life if, if, you, if you base your actions on what you think people think of you. Because it's all perception. So I went home and I started writing. And lo and behold, the first edition of this book, uh, which was named Complementary Therapies and Rehabilitation, Evidence for Efficacy in Therapy, Prevention, and Wellness. Complementary Therapies came out in 1996, second edition in 2001, third edition in 2008, and fourth edition in 2016. And now it's Integrative Therapies because we're moving forward in recognizing that these subtle energy processes that we are all involved in, whether we pay attention to it or not, is part of our practice as physical therapists. And this is the science. This is the evidence that shows why they're effective. Um, and that's why I want to I, I want to plug that book because so many PTs that are doing integrative therapies, whether it's myofascial release or yoga or Tai Chi or Pilates, people say, well, that's not science. That's pseudoscience. Well, they're not reading the right science. They're not reading the science that shows the mechanism of action of why this works. I love it. 
I love it. And when we met at a Barnes course, this is why we connected. And, and, uh, and, and I knew that it was uh, going to be a, a, a relationship that even though I haven't seen you in 15 years or 14 years, I've, yeah. I've watched you progress mm-hmm. through this. And I've yeah. seen you give interviews. Yeah, yeah. I've seen you talk about the things that you, you're passionate about. And I'm super excited to know that it was John who kind of gave you that push to to just do what you do. And, and was indeed. Yeah. And, and I, and I love that because when I first took John's course, I was at a point in my life, in my career where I'd been treating for about five years. I'd gone through the manual therapy certification. I had the right. acronyms behind my name and I wasn't helping anybody. And it was really frustrating me. And I was pretty like, pretty like, what am I doing? And yeah. Pilates had kind of changed my mindset and how I was treating people. Mm-hmm. I'd just gone through a Pilates certification in California and I went and took my first course with John and it was kind of like, I was like, wow, I'm so glad I found this guy. But I'm yes. also glad I found him at the time that I did. Because I think if I'd have found him in those first five years, I wasn't ready for him. And I, I wasn't ready. And I kind of needed to do the stuff that I did and, and jump the hoops that was kind of like recommended by the system. And right. once I did all that, they were, they were like, okay, your next step now that you're certified in manual therapy is to go become a fellow. And I was like, you know what? I'm really a little more interested in the Pilates world. And then, boom, I found John, and it really changed and allowed me to have a, a holistic manual therapy approach yeah. to go with the holistic movement approach right, that I've learned right. with Pilates. Oh, and they're then, so important to go together. To- totally. And, 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 again, that was where when I met you, and you're like, yeah, I'm in, um, in Miami, and, you know, we, we – People at our school can go get a, a Pilates program, go through a Pilates program at Polestar and get an elective, get certified right. as an elective through PT school. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is like, that yeah. is so cool. And then five years later, guess what? A PT from that school came to my studio, shattered, right? shattered me for a day. Her name is RuPaul. I can't remember her last name. She Patel. shattered me for a day. Patel. There we go. Uh-huh. Um, and, and she came back a year later and opened her business in Austin. Has been doing a business in Austin um, for years now, and is uh, is uh, manual therapy and and Pilates. And you know, it's kind of the same avenue of what Good. I've gone. And I love it. I love it because she was exposed to it in school. That's right. I was exposed to it kind of through frustration of not. Yeah what I want to find it. We had to search it out. It, and, and it really kind of found me is, and you know, I didn't really look for it, but I was some, I was looking for something. And when it yeah. found me, it was very powerful. And then when I, when John found me or I found John, it was the right time. Um, and then I kind of dove all in and that's really changed my career, but it's been hard for me because like when I bring in um, young students and I show them what I do, you know, they've been trained in school to think it's, that's crazy. Yeah. And the stuff I talk about. So I have to toe that line. Like I understand when you mentioned that earlier about like, how can I like show people that I'm help show these students that I'm helping them, these, yeah. my patients. Um, but without them thinking I'm a total witch doctor because I'm right. doing all this stuff that's not evidence-based. So, so let me ask you with your, what, what kind of led you to my, uh, when, let me back up. When you got to Miami, you started teaching immediately there or is that what brought you to Miami or, or what, what was that story when you were involved with teaching down at the university of Miami? Well, I, I originally went to Miami to finish my dissertation. I had to, um, I got halfway through it. And my major professor at Boston university said, this is not the dissertation you want to write. <laughs> this is a psychology. You want to write a philosophy, read these six books <laughs> and then start over. So I'd already done four chapters, and I, I, I was working as a research associate 
uh, in clinical education at, at Boston University. So I realized I had to quit my job. And a friend of mine had just accepted the position as head of the passport office in Miami. And we were talking on the phone. She said, well, why don't you come down here? And I said, to write. And I said, well, I was thinking more of Vermont or <laughs> somewhere in the mountains. And she said, well, call the University of Miami and see if they have those books that you need to read. And if they do, that's a sign. You need to come. And, and I have an extra bedroom and you can have rent free and, and go to the University of Miami and stud, and do this dissertation. Well, I ended up doing exactly that in 1980, end of 1980. And um, I got, I went nuts uh, just writing. So I worked half time mornings at hospice, treating patients with uh, terminal illness and teaching the the nurses how to communicate and how to move patients about in bed and 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 helping them deal with their fears of dying. <laughs> that was part of my psychology background. And then um, I um, I was I was recruited by the medical school to come teach medical students and uh, um, in the psychology curriculum and the sexuality curriculum in the dying, death and dying curriculum. And HIV AIDS was really rampant at that point in Miami, and we didn't know what the cause was. It was a very scary time. So I got very actively involved in education. And then Jane Matthews was um, at Boston University <clears throat> heading up um, the program at BU. And she said, you know, I want to write a new master's program. So come up back to Boston. And of course, I wanted to live in Boston. So I said, oh, okay. So I left Miami in 85, moved back to Boston and then Jane was elected president of the APTA. And so she she left her position at Boston University, and I was recruited to be the acting chair and to find the new chair. And um, I was there for a couple of years, and I realized they, they really weren't in. I was interested in, um, in writing. Um, I was actually interested in writing Patient Practitioner Interaction, my other book. I hadn't written that one yet. And so... Um, I realized I really did need to not be in Boston. So I moved back to Miami with my, my same friend. We, we bought a, we, we rented a house on the beach this time, not in Kendall on the beach. Nice. Nice. And I, I wrote that first book, patient practitioner interaction. And uh, that got published in 88. And then um, in 89, I met John. And then I started thinking about complementary therapies. And so the second book was written. And then, and then the university of Miami, Sherry Hayes had just, taken over the PT program at Miami in 88. And she said, come help me um, develop this master's program. And I said, well, I'm trying to write a book. She's well, you can go half time. So of course I did two full-time jobs for about a year. <laughs> <laughs> Finished the book and then, which became a bestseller with Slack. And then um, I, I started out as her vice chair for curriculum in 88 and we, 87 actually, and we developed that program. We developed the PhD program. We developed that master's program. And then we developed the DPT program. And I finally, I finally left in, in 2015. I finally retired from, from that position. It was a wonderful, wonderful time for me. And then I stayed on and treated patients a couple of years more because I was so excited about um, the group that I was treating with in, in North Miami, Integrative Physical Therapy and Wellness. And then it, it became time uh, to move back home. So in, uh, 
in 2019, four years later, I, I packed up and, and got rid and sold my house and moved back to Maine. Got it. So it's kind of like you, you've, you've done your time and you've, you've, (laughs) you know, and it's, and I think back to that question that, that John asked you, what are you going to do to, to move this, this forward? And like how powerful that one question was and then to listen what's happened since, you know, and and yeah, the book book copy that I have was the complimentary um, when I don't Uh have the the new version that you showed. Um, So that that with each one I've updated the science and with each one, first it was just, um, uh, psychoneuroimmunology. All we knew was that you couldn't separate the brain and the, and the body. And then the second one was about electrons and subtle energy and, and systems theory and how systems theory was lending with, with um, uh, biofeedback, really recognizing that the body really is connected. And then Candace Pert was coming out with molecules of emotion. And we started to think about the, the fluid nervous system as part of this holistic view and then the third uh, science chapter was on photons and the impact of photons in the fascia as communication particles. And then the fourth is this, this latest on fascia and biotensegrity and, and an update on fascia. Mm-hmm. Nice. I love it. And, and I love that for me as a professional, you know, from my clinical side, meeting mm-hmm. John and studying with John led to like me meeting you. It led to me um, studying with Tom Myers. It this led, this led to me right. to kind of have this different approach to the profession. And I've learned so much on this alternative side or whatever you want to call it, the dark side. For me, it's just the side that's helping people. And, and it's what I choose to do all the time because it's, it's what that connection. Right. Exactly. It, exactly. And so it's been, um, it's just been a really fantastic thing. And and I love that my world is kind of intertwined from the manual therapy side and the movement side because right. Pilates made and Pilates was such a mindful movement as well that it yes everything started coming together and so my career has been about that whole side of it for the right. last fifteen years. Good and for you. Good it, for you. It's, and it's been great. We built something in Austin that that people appreciate. They come. They come to it. They. They come see me. They stick around in our Pilates program for years, and it's um it's a true community. It's not a physical therapy clinic. It um, is it, it, when it, when you have a holistic practice, people come back not because you haven't helped them. They come back to feel better because what we do builds on itself. Yep. And the, I'm glad you brought the Pilates piece up because I worked as you know since from 2003 to 2013 with Brent Anderson. Yes. At the Pilates Center, Polestar Pilates in Miami, Coral Gables, and then South Miami. And what we would really understood was uh, fascia is a very, well, we're very fluid. We're 65 to 70% fluid in our bodies. And all of that is bound water. And fascia, in order to be functional, has to be lubricated. The way you get water out of the capillaries into the fascia is through pressure and shear, which is what, or pressure and shape change is which, what John teaches, or traction, and then movement. That's why people feel so much better after they've run or after they've exercised. They're opened up. The, the, the fascia feels lighter. Pilates is holistic movement. It's coordinating movement and assisted moving if you need the springs to assist right. to get the functional activity done in a pain-free range. It's also so beneficial to use Barnes myofascial release and Pilates together to keep the fascia opened up that you've done with your manual therapy. And and that's exactly what I found has been a great combination. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's been, like you said, people come back, they, 
they're doing well, but they flare something up. They yes, interest, right. And they right. respond quickly with me because they know, already know them. Um, from, yes, right. From, you have that relationship. Totally. And whether it's been five years ago or 10 years ago or three months ago, um, and when they walk back in that door, like I, st- like, I don't remember their name immediately, but I remember them. And I remember uh, it's exactly door. what happens with me. I remember yeah. their bodies. I remember yeah. what, what they came in with physically. Totally. We have a kinesthetic awareness of what we were working with before. Yeah. And, and as soon as I touch them, <clears throat> then there's a, there's a different memory that comes yeah. because we're mm-hmm. then connected. Sure. Um, yeah. And so I, I love that. And, and again, it's, it's been a great, great uh, path and journey. And, and people have been asking me for years, like, you know, how do you do that? Why did you do that? And, and, and that's kind of what this podcast is about. It's like, I'm telling my story through the people who yeah. influenced me. Um, You're celebrating, aren't you? Uh, totally. And, and totally. Stephen, you've got to give yourself credit. You know, there are a lot of people who come upon this kind of this way of thinking about life and about health. But they're but they're not open to it because they're so rigidly oh. adhered to the randomized trial, and and to um, uh, to a, a system of of validating what we're doing that doesn't yield its lend itself to human experience. We have outcomes that show that we really help people get better, and as we do better and better case studies and know more about the mechanisms of action, we're able to put a science together that shows this is what we're doing that's making such a difference. I love it. I love yeah. it. Now, what, what would you say to someone who's a young PT and they're going to take their first John Barnes course? What would you give, what kind of like advice would you yeah. give them going into the, to kind of prepare them for what they're going to experience and see and feel? Well, young or old PT, I have a, one of my grads from Miami was, um, uh, became a, a, a certified as a board certified neuro specialist in California. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had back pain and she was, we were on Facebook together. And I said, uh, you need to find a Barnes physical therapist to help you. She fussed around and fussed around trying to treat herself, of course. And then finally she did, she found someone and she recognized right away what a difference that finding an, a, a way to give her more room in her lumbosacral spine, especially mm-hmm. made. And she said, I want to learn this. And so she said, tell me everything I should read before I go to MFR one, tell me everything I should read. And of course she's steeped in, in the peer reviewed literature on, on neuro. And I said, the best thing that you can do is meditate <laughs> before you go clear everything out and be open and be willing to not forget everything that you know, because what you know is so valuable, but put it up on a shelf. It's there for you, waiting for you when you get done with this experience. And I'm not saying you have to forget everything you know to make Barnes make sense or make Barnes valid. It's that what that rigid mindset about people at, in a linear way made up of parts is so destructive to understanding what Barnes is trying to teach. We approach people totally different, holistically, energetically, really not linearly at all, taking a holistic evaluation of what's going on posturally, what's going on emotionally, what's their story, what's their history. And then we start usually somewhere around the pelvis, finding those fascial restrictions through palpation, hard, hot, or hurting. Where does the patient feel pulling inside? We see, we we evaluate them standing, then we get them on the table and we start. And we start with with this pressure down and then take the slack out and wait. 
and we wait there at the fascial restriction. And then all of a sudden, we, if we get our, out of our left brains, we start to feel this under our hands. The fascia is starting to talk to us. Yes. And, and then it starts to move because we have, we've, we've taken the slack out and we have pressure down, matching their resistance. And then we, we, our hands start to open up. And we stay there for three to five minutes because as that happens, Paul Stanley shows the interleukins start going, the, the vasodilation, we see a vasomotor response, white blood cell, white blood cell formation, and, and anti-inflammatory interleukin-8. This is the Paul Stanley research. The Gerald Pollack research, we're melting the ground substance, going through phase transition. That jello, that polysaccharide ground substance is literally melting under the infrared energy of our hands. It's opening up. We take our hands off and osmotic pressure pulls the water out of the capillaries into the fascia. Patients stand up and say, I feel the the pain is less, but I feel so light. I feel so open. Then we get them on the Pilates equipment and get them moving around in this openness with the springs. And and then their gait changes, their whole way of, of moving themselves in the world, their kinesthetic awareness changes. The, the vice provost of the University of Miami was so taken with my being able to help him with his low back pain and then get him going on Pilates. He's become a Pilates instructor as a part, as a part because he loved so much what happened to his body and his mind as a, as a result of all of this. I love it. And, yeah. and the two go to so hand in hand, body and mind, exactly. spirit, it all is tied together. And, yeah. and we were taught in a, this like narrow minded approach to school that like all that stuff's not related. And, and if it's shoulder mind, pain, work on the shoulder. That's if right. Back pain, work on the back. And, and this is a holistic mind, approach and it's, totally, it, it's not totally. linear. X equals Y equals Z. It's, oh my gosh, wonder wonder where the fascia is pulling on this one, you know? And then you're, you're listening. You're listening for indications of where the web is, is um, interfering with good cellular nutrition and flow within, within the body. Now, let me ask you this, because I think this is kind of great. Um, a few years ago, we started getting some research that is really changing the things that, that John's been teaching for many years, the, yeah. the, the new organ, the interstitium organ yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and science and, you know, that like admitting like, Oh, there's something more to this. Oh, we could have been paying attention a long time ago and not caught, not embarrassed ourselves with this, this <laughs> new organ idea. Isn't that, isn't that funny? So, so what's your, what's your, what's your take on that? I'd just love to get your opinion of that kind of whole shift of, that, that's occurring. Cause I, I know you're, you're deep into the research and I'm not deep into the research. So what's your, what's your take on that, that change and, and shift in the paradigm shift that's occurring in the research? Well, I actually had the opportunity to meet Neil Thies, who is the lead author um, during a fascial dissection course in Dundee in Scotland um, this last right. year this last May. And um, he and I had some good conversations. I don't, I don't judge those guys they're doing the very best they can to try to understand with his research. It was the pathology of metastatic disease and how, how did the tumor branch off outside the organ and get into the lymphatics and the bloodstream to travel um, in metastasis. They never looked at the fascia around the organ, the interstitial tissue, in fluid sense, in in live time. They always took sections of it and dehydrated it and looked at it under the microscope without the fluid. 
Now, all of a sudden, technology has advanced that we have this real-time endoscopic laser light view of the living fascia around the organ. And they found, lo and behold, it's not just the gallbladder. It's the heart. It's liver. All of these tissues have this interstitial uh, fluid-filled tissue. And of course, that's the origin of metastasis. That's exactly what happens. But what they didn't understand was we, there was a group of people, there'd already been five international fascia research congresses. The first one was in 97 at, uh, at Harvard. The second one was in Vancouver. The third was in um, uh, Amsterdam. The fourth was in um, uh, the United States, in Washington, outside Washington, D.C., at each fascia research congress, there's a, a, there are 500 to 700 people, clinicians, educators, researchers, scientists, all presenting the latest information about this tissue that is so phenomenally, as Jean-Claude Gibarteau says, it's the foundation of life. People don't recognize that fascia is the foundation of life. Every living thing has fascia supporting the cellular structure and nutrition of that life. And then the communication system, all of this, all of the subtle energy that's going through this fascia, fascia not only supports us, but there's this constant tension and compression. That's the biotensegrity spirals. Everything is a spiraled. And then as soon as we touch anywhere on the body, that the that piezoelectric effect has those that subtle energy, those electrons and those photons going down to the nucleus of the cells. We're communicating with the nuclei of every one of our 50 to 75 trillion cells just by the way we touch someone. And the resonance of that energy, whether it's from compassion, whether it's from do this, it's aggressive. We always in holistic care, we always allow the patient to lead and we listen carefully to the patient. So um, this research um, is is really expanding exponentially but physicians aren't that interested they're they're really ingrained in what they can see hear taste touch and smell and what biochemistry pharmacology can shift for them to make someone better very linear approach very chemical approach the people who are interested are the manual therapists and the body workers they're going to these conferences and um and then there, there are yoga therapists, a yoga therapist, or actually, no, he's a, a rolfer who got his PhD and started doing tissue research at the university in Germany, at Ulm University in Germany, Robert Schleip. And he's written some wonderful pieces on the fascia as a sensory organ, the largest sensory organ in the body. And uh, there's an awful lot of research coming out. It's, it's very difficult to go because I'm tuned into it, I see new studies coming out every day. But I'm not too judgmental about the interstitium folks. I'm just glad that they found us and that we can work together. Uh, and Neil was very helpful at that uh, course. Uh, very interesting guy. He understands um, holism. He understands uh, organizational dynamics in, in terms of cells and in terms of people. Very interesting discussion that he had. And he, you can find him on YouTube. Neil Tease, T-H-I-E-S-E. If you if you see him, get a YouTube video by by him. Right. He is mm. he's fascinating. I appreciate that name. I don't know that name, so mm-hmm. that's a new one for me. Yeah. I, I love it. Now you you know, you were in a position where you were teaching kids, PT students. Well, grown ups. 
Yeah. Some of them were 22, about more like 15, and some of them were for 22, more like 50. So, yeah. you know, you get the yeah. range. <laughs> but they were 22 to 35, 40. Yeah. When, well, let's say you were, when you were teaching your PT students, you were able to expose them to some of these things yes. um, that were different. Um, yeah. and, and, and I did not get exposed to this kind of stuff at all in school. Right. And I, yeah. I, again, luckily it found me and it all found me at, at the right time in my career that I was open to it. Um, how do young people, young students, young like uh, students in school or even pre-PT students, how do they find out some of this stuff without it being so woo-woo, voodoo, whatever you want to call it? What's, what's the best place for them to, to, to understand more of where you're coming from? Believe it or not, many of the students that are coming to interview now at Miami are coming to Miami because they know there's a course in complementary therapies. Got it. Physical therapy, it. rehabilitation. And they want to talk to the professors that are involved in that. Um, the public is becoming more and more aware. Um, the, uh, it, it's inevitable. It's the, the leading edge of healthcare reform um, because patients are asking for these kinds of therapies, particularly with pain control. Um, and uh, the, there are young students who took my, I, I introduced them to fascia before they went into the cadaver lab, very first, second week there. They went in to do their dissection. I said, now you're going to see uh, cadaver fascia. It's going to look very different. And I showed them some pictures of uh, cadaveric fascia. And then I said, and now let me show living fascia, show you living fascia. And I showed them uh, parts of Jean-Claude Gimbarteau's YouTube video, Strolling Under the Skin, where they took an endoscopic camera and put it under the skin and you see live fascia. And I said, never be confused. To study dead fascia as if it were real is like studying a telephone pole, believing that you're you're studying a tree. (laughs) It's the structure alone. But it doesn't even, it's not even really the structure because the structure has been so distorted. And this tissue is so important. Then I saw them again in massage. And I told them the difference between traditional massage and Barnes myofascial release, where you connect with the person's resistance and feel the fascial response rather than just keep plowing over to increase circulation. Massage helps, but this does a whole different, on a whole different level, opens up tissue for nutrition and and health. Then I got them the next time um, as an elective. I did a Friday night and all day Saturday elective in myofascial release, once in the spring and once in the fall. And they came for the weekend. And we first, I I gave a, a lecture on science and what the evidence shows so that they knew we were talking about science. Then we treated patients and I taught them. And John gave me, John Barnes gave me special permission to use his material to teach them how to do myofascial release. So by the time they graduated, there was a, there was, everybody had learned about fascia, all 75 students, 65, 75 students. And about anywhere from 40, 30 to 40 of them had taken a two elective course. And then we had, they could come out into the clinic with me and at Integrated Physical Therapy and Wellness, they could go to Pilates and Brent Anderson would teach them. We, they could, there were clinical assignments where they could put this to use. So Miami is a great place that we're one step ahead. And the faculty voted to make a course in complementary therapies mandatory 
for the um, final year. It's a, it's a, an eight-week course, twice a week. They use my text. And it's all about not just the science, but about Tai Chi, Pilates, uh, biofeedback, yoga, uh, acupuncture, um, uh, manual lymph drainage, all of the holistic therapies that are so helpful in rehabilitation. We had faculty come in and teach labs and they do papers on this. So the students from Miami get a nice dose of complementary therapies before they graduate. Now more and more people are starting to buy the book. More and more schools are starting to include this in the program. And um, we'll see a, we'll see a sea change. It's taking a long time, but it's inevitable because this is the foundation of health. We should be studying this right away. The whole biomechanics and applied anatomy course, excuse me, courses have to be rewritten with the understanding of biotensegrity. There are no levers. There are no levers. There are no, there are no springs. There's no such thing as a hinge joint. It's, it's alignment with the soft tissue and how the soft tissue shape changes. It's um, the books are being rewritten. I love it. I love it. And so it sounds to me like I need to go recruit new talent out of the University of Miami PT school when I'm going to hire people because I offer them a place that they can come immediately in that type of setting. Um, So, all right. And that's one of my hardest things is finding PTs um, to come work with me. I I just found someone that's that's come to work with me um, recently. But other than that, man, I've had a hard time finding. So you just sparked a good idea in my mind. Good. Of how I can try to get some people into um, into my world to, right. to provide them a place to treat the way they're learning without right. the burnout. You know, that I mean, would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I I was talking to someone a, a guy that's been a, we'll say a business mentor of mine, and I was telling him what I was trying to find with someone to come help me, and he goes, "Man, you're providing that place that they're not going to burn out in." He goes, "You're Thank providing you that not. place that they can really like." help people and um, grow and, 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 and exactly yeah. and, and then you and get treated really when you're treating i mean you 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 reap the benefits of this energetic link um and we, we we're not tired at the end of the day we we feel refreshed yes yes i love it you know it's one of the things about um I guess it was about four years ago, I stepped away from taking insurance and I've been in a, a cash basis only. And, you know, a lot of my uh, traditional PT friends were like, oh, you can't do that. That's the dumbest thing ever. And I knew that the, the connection and I, I've been working, I've been in my business for 10 years already, but I knew the connection that I had with people that they were willing to pay for it. And it's because mm-hmm. of the, the connection that John had taught me. And it's because of the, the way of treating someone holistically with, with Pilates and with myofascial release. And, and now, you know, four years into it, you know, you know, I had 35 people last week. I had 30 people That's this wonderful. week. Good. And, and, and I don't want to see any more than that. I'm trying to see less and start building up my new PT, but I'm doing everything that everyone told me I couldn't do. And it's because I've stepped out and done the things that are just yes. for the, I'm helping the patients. And by helping the patients, I've had to leave the system that I was a part of that brought me up and it was hard to leave. It was, I was, there was a lot of fear with leaving. Um, mm-hmm. But once I stepped out, I actually like the like stress of like keeping up with the system and, ha- and being able to work on someone's shoulder if it was in part of their hip or vice versa without being fearful that if I wrote that in my chart, they were going to make me pay them back because right. that's what's starting to happen with me. And I was like, huh. So I, I listened to your journey 
and I listen and I just kind of compare it to my journey. Very, very yeah. different, but I, I, it's very similar with the, the passions of, of what we're actually doing. Right. Um, right. You're doing it on this educational level, which I love. And I've not, it's something I'm not, I haven't been interested in. I've, I've just been pounding out with my patients now for, for 21 years as a PT. And for, I'm going to say 17, 16 years of a enlightened PT, doing it right. differently, doing it holistically. Right. Yeah. And it's just been a fantastic journey. And, and again, the quality I, of your life is so much better, I'm sure. My, my, my relationship with my wife, with my yes. children, my, yes. my staff, you know, like I have 11 people that work with us now. My wife and I run our business together. It's, it's fantastic. We, right. we have right. this fantastic thing going. It all comes from the way we treat our patients. Um, right. and, 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 when, and you said this earlier about PTs that aren't kind to people anymore. Like yeah. that struck home. And he said that, cause it's like, like that's why we went into this business to help people. And if we're not being nice to the people that are coming in to, to ask for our help, then yeah. our system's really, really, really in a bad place. And we both know that there's a lot of bad in our system right now. And yeah. you're influencing people on how to do it different. You influenced me many years ago and, and here I am, I've been doing it different. Great. And, and I, that's what this podcast is about. It's kind it's of so nice to hear that though. You can imagine. I want to, I, I want to tell like, I'm not telling people this whenever I'm bringing them in, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I, this is to like, I am, I'm bringing the people that influenced me on. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get Brent on. I'm talking to his, um, his, uh, his Elizabeth right now. Elizabeth him. Jimenez, yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the works to get him on. So I'm really slowly, I, I want to influence more people because there's so many more of us PTs that need people like you and what you're doing and, and you and, and what and I'm you. doing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, to see that there's a different way and there's a way to be happy and a way to love. Like I needed to leave the field or change everything. And I changed right. everything and I love it again. And Good I know, for you. I, Good for you. And I want you to have, I want you to have our graduates. I, yeah, uh, please do that. I'm, I'm going to definitely find the out. University of Miami. Yep. I'm definitely going to find out how to do that and how I can go set up a booth uh, at my graduation day and, and like to just start talking Good. to people and start building some relationships. Um, because I want to take the model that I'm doing and it, and I don't necessarily want to bring people to me. I'm trying to systemize everything I'm doing and find a way to like have multiple locations of what we're doing all over, not just my town. And I'm not there yet, but that's something if I have, I can't do it unless I have the right people, but if I have the right people, that's what I can do. And Uh you just gave me a great idea of how to find some, some people who might really be looking to do something different and, and, want to be challenged in a different way. So, well, well, Carol, I really appreciate your, your time today. Um, it's really been fantastic. I knew, I knew you were going to go into some, some deep thoughts that were going to stimulate my brain. And, and when we're done today, I'm going to be thinking about this for the whole day and the whole Great. weekend. And what will end up happening is I'll get this live over the, over the course of it won't, it'll happen over the another few months or whatnot, but Great. I'll, I'll okay. send you uh, a link when it is ready. But with that said, um, how do people get your book? Is that something they can find? On- yes, they can get it through um, uh, Slack books Slack or books. Okay. Um, Amazon, but get the blue one because the blue one's the latest edition. Okay. Um, right. Or John Barnes signs sells it on www.myofficialrelease.com. Okay. All right. Okay. And, and if someone had a question for you and they wanted to, to kind of reach out to you, what's the best uh-huh. way for them to contact you with, with a question of, if they wanted to get into teaching, if they wanted to get some research, what, what would be a way for them to contact you and, and get some information from you? They could email me cmdavis at miami.edu. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time and uh, I'm, I'm so thankful that uh, you, you found the time to do this with me today. I'm grateful to be the sunshine doing yes. it. And, uh, and again, you have a fantastic day and, uh, and thanks a bunch. And we'll talk someday down Good. the road. Good. Thank you, Stephen. You're welcome. Bye now. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, could you do us a favor and leave some love and write us a review? My name is Stephen Dunn. I help physical therapists incorporate Pilates into their physical therapy practice. If you would like more information on how you can incorporate Pilates into your physical therapy practice, then like my Facebook page, Pilates for PTs.